Good evening and welcome to the Independent News Hour. I'm Amba Gargarian, Associate Editor of the Independent, New York City's lefty newspaper and website. My co-host John Tarleton is out today, but we still have a jam-packed show. In our first segment, we will speak with workers at Trader Joe's at Essex Crossing in Lower Manhattan about a recent firing of a union worker and the ongoing struggle there to unionize the workforce. We will also be joined by Seth Goldstein, a union lawyer that represents the workers there about threats that labor law is facing, because right now Amazon, SpaceX, and Trader Joe's are alleging an illegal filing that the National Labor Relations Board is unconstitutional. Then we will hear an interview recorded today by independent editor-in-chief John Tarleton, also my co-host, as many of you may know. Um, so that's an interview with Bennett Fisher of the United Federation of Teachers at the UFT, um, a certain group within them called UFT Reco- Retiree Advocate announced on Friday that it will contest an internal union election this spring for leadership of the retiree chapter, which has more than 60,000 members. So that's a lot of New Yorkers. And in our final segment, we'll speak with Tammy Gold, professor of film and media studies at CUNY's Hunter College about an ongoing film series showing movies about Palestine. And she'll also update us about an upcoming Jewish Voice for Peace protest. Um, she was one of the original founders of the New York City branch. But for now, let's get back into labor news. Before we head into the first segment, I want to quickly mention a recent development at Starbucks. Starbucks workers in Park Slope, Westbury and Garden City, Jersey, filed petitions with the NLRB or National Labor Relations Board to unionize with Starbucks Workers United today, and they were joined by baristas at 21 Starbucks stores in 14 states around the country during a flurry of February filings. So good for them. Now let's get into the local stuff. Well, what we're talking about now, which is uh, the sort of ongoing labor battle at Trader Joe's United Essex Crossing, Essex Delancey, um, right uh, down there in lower Manhattan. Uh, so one of the workers there, Fred Moore, who we are going to speak to shortly, we're, we're, we'll be joined by this evening, was fired from that Trader Joe's Essex Crossing on February 12th. And just one week prior to that one of his co-workers was speaking loudly about him in a break room calling him racial and homophobic slurs um and this was this was not a, a one-off uh, confrontation there's been an ongoing labor battle at that trader joe's in lower manhattan um and this is now 10 months after union organizers lost uh, in an election in a tie vote because according to the nlrb a tie goes to management um and this is all part of you know the larger nationwide union drive for independent unions and revitalization of um, old sort of entrenched unions. And, and the union that's representing Trader Joe's workers is Trader Joe's United, which is a, an independent union, meaning it's not affiliated with any larger union. And those workers are worker organizing. They don't have hired uh, labor organizers that come in and, and organize them. Um, but so so uh, after that tie, Trader Joe's United legal team has appealed those results and is hoping to have them overturned by essentially proving that management uh, tampered too much before the election um, uh, with the potential results. And the legal team is also filing a complaint on behalf of Fred Moore, that worker who was fired, which uh, alleges that he was fired, you know, basically for his union involvement in labor organizing um, ever since the workers began organizing themselves there a couple of years ago. Um, there being, you know, the Essex Crossing Trader Joe's, there has been a, you know, a bit of a retaliatory anti-union force uh, among the workers, which we're going to learn a little bit more about. But essentially, in short, one of the morning shift or a few of the morning shift workers were sort of violently anti-union um, from the get-go. And management has hired on several of their friends and family members, um, say, you know, worker organizers that we've been in touch with. And um, essentially, they've become a sort of union-busting clan. Um, and so we're going to get the latest on all of this now. We are joined by, um, we might be joined by Fred Moore, the worker um, that was uh, fired after essentially being harassed. Um, but for now, we have uh, Don Mark and Diego Ramirez, who are both worker organizers um, at Trader Joe's Essex Crossing. And we are also with Seth Goldstein, Um who is a lawyer with Julian Meyer, Singla, and Goldstein, uh, the law firm that represents Trader Joe's United and Amazon Labor Union and does some great work. So, first of all, welcome all to the show. Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. So, Thank you. Um, Don, Diego, and Seth, great to be here with you all. So, um, first, I guess, Don, because you were there, um, Don was there in the break room. Uh, tell us, tell us what happened, um, with, uh, Fred being sort of spoken badly about, uh, by another worker and, and then what you guys did after that. Um, and then we'll get into Fred's firing. Okay. Hey. Uh, so what I witnessed on February 5th. So before the store opened, I was on my way to the break room. I saw an anti-union coworker cursing and yelling at the top of his lung to another coworker about Fred. He was going on about he, how he was going to beat up Fred outside of work and also saying homophobic slurs, which make me and my coworkers really uncomfortable. So I decided to uh, write up a report later on and uh, bring it to uh, management. Um, so after that, a few hours later, I filed the report. Uh, and then a few days later, while I was at work, I found out that Fred got fired. Uh, clearly, like, the way they uh, responded was retaliation and a disregard of the labor laws. And so me and my coworkers were devastated by the news. So I decided upon myself, I printed out the information of about like the unfair labor practice, what I witnessed and put it out on the table at the break room to share with my coworkers during my time off, uh, uh, during my off hours, which I have the right to distribute. Um, so then management decided to interrogate me because they said it's not legal and I do not have the right to do this. So I was denied, I was denied a witness every time I was asked to be in a situation room with the two managers who hostilely interrogate me, even though I told them I have anxiety and I don't feel comfortable talking without a witness. And what do you mean? Well, first of all, that sounds awful. Um, and I'm sorry about that. And, and second of all, uh, what were they interrogating you about if it is legal, right, Seth, to be distributing that information? Well, they shouldn't be interrogating uh, him. Um, it's unlawful. Um, there's Supreme Court law that goes back to the 1940s that says that an employee can give out information in the break room and can put material on the on the table. Okay. And um, Don, have you uh, what what's what's gone on since then? Um, Armin, are you facing any um, like procedures with them or did they just bring you in i mean are you you know are you facing any sort of um backlash Uh, so yes uh they told me that uh i'm in an open investigation an open investigation yes uh so um okay yeah that's it for now so what we did was to uh have this rally i mean i'm sorry the uh, walkout because of what happened to Fred and the investigation they're doing on me. Right. Um, and um, so just to sort of, you know, tell our listeners. So, you know, Fred uh, ended up being fired a week after, um, you know, he was being called uh, slurs in the break room and uh, he was fired for something, uh, apparently being sort of insubordinate or disorderly on a morning on January 29th. And is it, can maybe Diego or Don, can you tell me the worker who filed that complaint against Fred, was it not someone who's filed complaints previously um, against union workers? Yes. Uh, so usually it's like I heard the, the two workers usually are the same people that try to uh, try uh, management would try to get them to write uh, statements to get uh, uh, workers fired. So, which is very disgusting. So, okay, um, yeah. If I could add on to that, yeah, too, please, to Diego. That um, right before this, too, Fred had um, filed an HR report against one of these managers who even I have witnessed in other days um, just be unnecessarily aggressive and rude to him. 
um, very clearly. Anytime he spoke up, um, she would try to shut him down. So uh, very clearly, you know, retaliatory behavior. And it, so then um, it was the same manager that he was firing this harassment report against, who um, I believe is the one who tried to get him fired and then had um, some of the coworkers that they are close with um, like provide accounts. Um, and Fred, I don't believe, ever really got to even sort of give his side of the story of whatever story they were concocting up. Right. Um, right. So let's uh, zoom out just a little bit here. And so, you know, like I said a little bit ago, there's actually been this union drive going on for uh, about a couple of years there um, in line with other, you know, union drives starting, um, at, well, specifically in Massachusetts, but also at T- Trader Joe's around the country. Um, and there's also been this anti-union uh, sentiment among some of the workers. Can you all kind of explain that more, but also explain to the extent that you can the union support that you have and um, what it is like to have been organizing there for, for a while. Uh, yeah. It's just to briefly like kind of like touch on, I guess the anti-union uh, sentiments, because we try to, to take our focus away from them. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate because we've seen that a lot of them kind of have been fed misinformation from management management uh, has preyed on a lot of their fears and worries and uses that to kind of stir up these emotions in them and to you know almost prevent them from seeing the benefits in something that would be you know more to their favor than whatever management has in store for them mm-hmm. um so it is it's it's almost it's, it's heartbreaking in a lot yeah. of cases um, you know, because it's just, it's just, it's dirty tactics that management relies on to stir up these feelings in people. Um, but the support on the other hand has been terrific. It's been incredible to see even after, um, almost one year since our election and even with a, a very large onslaught of new people to turn over, um, that we've still been able to have positive conversations with people. Um, that there are people who before maybe were on the fence or even anti have continue to witness the sort of mistreatment and like um, just unfair favoritism from management towards certain people and have switched over um, their support to us. Um, and so that to me is exciting. You know, that's what we're here to do. It's, it's why we're doing what we do. So even though there's been, like I said, a high number of turnover, a lot of the new people who may have not even been here for that long enough to kind of see this going on are still open and receptive to what we're doing and what we're saying. And it's, um, it's very exciting to have them on our team and some of you have been eager enough to join our organizing committee. Um, so it's awesome to see that kind of fire still burning bright in these people. Right. Absolutely. Um, more power to you. So um, I guess, Don, you've been, you know, involved with the organizing there uh, for a while. Tell us about why you all decided to start organizing at that store in the first place. So I, uh, yeah, I started when I was about, uh, when I was like, they brought me on when I, it was like three years ago and right, I started exactly. because we wanted to make the workplace better. We have, we want a voice in the workplace and, uh, a work, a better working condition and definitely more benefits, better benefits. So that's why I'm in and I'm in board with having a union at our store. Uh, absolutely. Anything to add, Diego? Um, yeah, kind of just like what Don Mark said, you know, uh, sustaining a lot of our benefits and stuff. Um, Trader Joe's, a lot of people flock to it because they are known to usually treat their workers very nicely and stuff. And in the time that I've been there and that Don Mark has been there too, we've definitely seen a rapid decline. And it all kind of culminated during the COVID pandemic. Um, it's, um, I would say that's when our efforts started because a lot of our COVID safety measures were not being held up or, you know, were being taken away too quickly. And so then that's, we started organizing around that. And then we began to see other benefits, such as like health insurance or even like the um, extra bonus pay that we were getting during COVID get taken away way too quickly or cut in half. And it was just disrupting so many people's lives, um, especially during that time. So it just kind of, developed from like COVID safety organizing to just um, general workplace um, organizing. And so that's how we ended up where we are now. 
Okay, great. And right, speaking of where we are now, um, you know, you you guys obviously had a relatively uh, organized uh, walkout and rally uh, yesterday. So congrats on that. We had our uh, the Independence Lane Dibbler out there, um, and she got a sound clip from um, uh, some of your coworker organizers uh, reading to management. Um, you know, um, their uh, announcement on why they were walking out. So let's go to that audio clip here. You're gonna have to listen. It's a. It's not. The, it's you know. It's inside of a store, but you can hear them. Um, let's go to that. Let's go to that now. All right, great. So, uh, you know, we'll hear a little bit about the rally, but first, Seth, your reaction, you know, as the lawyer that, that works with these organizers, I mean, is that all correct? Do they have the right to do that and uh, the right to file action if they're, if they're persecuted for it? Absolutely. The uh, National Labor Relations Act applies to both union workers and non-union workers, so um, they're protected under this law and they can't be um, retaliated against or discriminated against for uh, walking out. Right. Thank you. And so, um, Don, you said, you know, that was obviously held on the behalf of Fred, but also now in the retaliation that you've been facing, um, if you, uh, if, if both of you could, you know, talk um, uh, a little bit about the, the rally and like why it's important to hold actions like that for your work coworkers to see and then in, in the last uh, in the last couple of minutes here, we'll we'll turn to some of the national news that Seth's been watching. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think the walkout is really powerful. That it will send a message through to corporate that they shouldn't target us, shouldn't harass us, shouldn't do all these things, which is very illegal. Uh, they will definitely. Uh, be more cautious now since we we've walked out and we'll probably pressure more more of more uh like trend more like walkouts if they keep like harassing us so or union busting us so anything to add Diego Um, yeah, it's just uh like Don said it's our way of showing that we do have power as workers. Um, you know, management and corporate rely on people being too scared to do uh, the things that we are doing now. So it is exciting to see people, you know, finding that courage inside of them to stand up for what they believe in and against what they feel is wrong because nobody deserves to go to work and experience this kind of harassment and discrimination just for, you know, either what they identify as or what they believe in. You know, we should just be able to go to work, be treated well. And happy workers, you know, we're going to do good work, too. And it's a win-win situation in my eyes. And I just hope that everybody can kind of see that. Eventually. Right. And you all had around 15 workers walk out, I guess, in the first part of that shift and 10 in the second. So um, that does take a lot of bravery. Kudos to them and you all. Um, and how, last question on this. How did management respond? Um, they were definitely our captain who's uh, like the top guy in charge um very stone-faced but i could almost feel like see steam coming out of his head um other ones tried to make sure that the rest of the workers that were not part of the huddle on the bridge um resumed working one of them going up to them and telling them to continue taking customers almost like as if to just avert your eyes don't look at the don't look at the organizers um it's kind of funny in a way how how worked up they got but i mean that just only goes to show how powerful it is what we're doing and why it is important that we are doing what we're doing right right absolutely well um uh so let's sort of uh zoom out even more here and uh basically 
want to talk for a couple of minutes about what's going on with these national threats to labor law. Amazon alleged in a legal filing on Friday morning that uh, the National Labor Relations Board or the NLRB is unconstitutional. And this has already been done by SpaceX, um, you know, one of Elon Musk's, um, well, you know, his largest company uh, and Trader Joe's. Uh, Companies that, like Amazon, have repeatedly faced, you know, labor law violations from the NLRB. Um, so, Seth, what's going on? How well, much do you feel that this is something that we should fear? Um, please. So, uh, here's some breaking news. Uh, Starbucks yesterday also joined um, the Three Musketeers. <laughs> of course. Uh, okay. The- Anti-union employers um, convinced that since they can't be in organizing, they will now attempt to destroy the American labor movement. Simply, um, the American people are not going back to the 1920s. Um, We've been there. We don't like it. We um, elected Franklin Roosevelt in 1932. And from then on, we decided that workers should have rights under the act. So um, the right wing thinks it's their time. They think that the 2024 election, that they'll get their guy in office. They're planning under Project 2025 to fire all civil service uh, um, employees, including administrative law judges. Right. That is uh, what is the name of that project? I thought it was Project 2025. Maybe, maybe something like that, just for our listeners to know that that is so, kind of a real thing. Um, but what? So essentially, is this this will this be heard? You think by the Supreme Court? Well, I think that that's what the right wing wants, and okay. uh, they want to rocket docket it up to um, Alito and get a favorable decision, right? Like it um, when they reverse Roe v. Wade. Well, Affirmative action. However, I will also say that um, what was remarkable about this walkout was that the workers walked out basically because Trader Joe's has been attacking the National Labor Relations Act. So worker power engagement is what's going to defeat um, the scheming right wing um, that's trying to do this. They can throw all the lawyers at us in the world, Morgan Lewis and these companies. But when it comes down to it, if workers work together and are engaged and act in a, um, in, you know, as as a group, um, we can push back against them. And, you know, in our last minute here, I, I have to mention um, that, some of the lawyers that right that are that are working for SpaceX, Trader Joe's, Amazon, and now Starbucks previously actually were on the National Labor Relations Board, which is a, an entity that should generally protect workers' rights. Is that not the case? Yes. Yeah, so Morgan Lewis. What what's up with that? Which yeah, what is up with that? Uh, Morgan Lewis that has um, you know its tentacles and everything, hires That's a large anti union law firm for our listeners. They're 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 very anti union. And um the people working on SpaceX are two former heads of the National Labor Relations Board. That's the top position. Um there is a former member that's working on it. There's a lawyer that's working on it. Um, in Trader Joe's, there's a woman named Kelsey Phillips who is working with Chris Murphy against us in um, this matter. Um, the two former board um, chairmen are John Ring and Philip Miscamara, and the board member, wow. Harry Johnson. Now, all of these individuals took salaries from the NLRB, got benefits, retirement, and they, and they learned the works when they yeah. were at the so, board. We're going to have to wrap up here, unfortunately, but we'll continue to follow the story. Uh, it's not good news, but I think it's stuff that people really need to be informed about. Um, so, and the good news is that you guys are on it, uh, organizing over at Trader Joe's. So thank you so much, Don, Mark, 
Diego Ramirez and Seth Goldstein, um, all associated with Trader Joe's United, uh, for joining us today. We'll be checking in with you soon. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, and we have an article coming up by me that will be up within the next 24 hours on uh, independent.org to learn more about what's going on. So we're going to go to a short music break and we'll be right back. Billy Bragg, a classic uh, union song. And um, we are going to listen uh, now in, in a couple moments to a uh, <clears throat> an interview done by our editor-in-chief. That's the editor-in-chief of the Independent Newspaper. And you're listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI 99.5 and streaming on WBAI.org. I am Amba Gergarian, uh, your host today and the Independence Associate Editor. Um, and we're going to go in a minute here to an interview uh, recorded just a little bit earlier today uh, by John Tarleton, our editor, uh, about what's going on at the UFT. So for over two years, New York's retired city workers have battled the mayor and their union leaders to prevent having their health care coverage transferred from traditional Medicare to, it doesn't sound private, but it is privately run Medicare Advantage. The retirees say their coverage will be compromised and that their union's leaders are selling them out. At the United Federation of Teachers, one of the city's largest municipal unions, UFT Retiree Advocate, which is a group of retiree activists within the union, announced on Friday that they will contest an internal union election this spring for leadership of the retiree chapter, which has more than 60,000 members. This move could have consequences that go beyond the retiree health care battle. The UFT's conservative leadership is not only a pillar of establishment politics in New York City and state, but also holds a sway over the National Teachers Union, of which it is the largest local. A successful challenge to that leadership's control of the union's large retiree chapter could pretend bigger changes when that union's longtime leaders come up for re-election in 2025. For more, we hear from the in- we'll hear from the independent John Tarleton speaking earlier today with Bennett Fisher, a retired teacher who is running to lead the UFT retirees chapter. Bennett Fisher, retired teacher and union activist with UFT, running to lead the 60,000-member retirees chapter of the Teachers Union here in New York. Welcome to WBAI. Well, hi, John. Thank you for having me. Sure. So let's uh, dive into it. Uh, Why are you running to lead uh, the retirees chapter at the UFT, and, and why would it be a big deal if you and the the people you're running with uh, should win this election later this spring? Well, Retiree Advocate UFT is running to to take over the leadership of our chapter because we're trying to save our health care. For the past three years, we have been faced with a situation where our union 
uh, along with the uh, mayor's office and along with the insurance industry has been trying to put us into a Medicare Advantage plan, which is a privatized, um, limited care, limited network version of Medicare. And it's one that very few, it's a type of plan that very few of us are in now. And it's a type of plan that um, we don't want to go into. We worked all our careers to go into uh, traditional Medicare and have a supplemental plan uh, to pay for the 20% of Medicare that uh, Medicare doesn't cover. That's subsidized by the city. And that's what we worked our entire career under the assumption that we were earning. And we want the city to keep those promises. And we want the city to fight to keep the, we want the union to fight to keep that promise to us. And um, they're not fighting for that. So we're, we're pushing back on them. Right. Without going too deep into the weeds, why has your union uh, thrown in with the city's uh, plans here? Why would uh, they do this to their retired members? Well, part of that is unknown and a mystery, but um, part of it is, um, I mean, it goes back to various contract negotiations that we've had um, over the last uh, 10 years, going back to the 2014 contract, where after many years of not having had any negotiations with the Bloomberg administration and working without a contract, we got Bill de Blasio in as mayor, and we were owed a lot of um, retroactive money due to the... Um, you know, due to the principles of pattern bargaining that unions in New York, municipal unions in New York City are uh, are bound to. And um, so we were owed an awful lot of money. And uh, Michael Mulgrew decided to make a deal with the Office of Labor Relations that instead of going to arbitration and enforcing pattern bargaining, that we would get a sort of uh, you know, guaranteed deal of getting our retroactive money in exchange for um, health care savings. Right. Um, meaning meaning health care cuts. And plus, we would take uh, a billion dollars out of a fund that um, the Municipal Labor Committee, all the municipal labor unions use to... Um, stabilize the cost of the various health care plans that we have in the city, that we would take a billion dollars out of that to fund our own raises and retro payment. So that was the start of it in 2014. And then in 2018, uh, Mulgrew doubled down on that uh, by offering the city $600 million a year in perpetuity um, in healthcare savings for the city, cuts for union members. Yeah. And we're living with that now to pay for that $600 million a year. Michael Mulgrew, Municipal Labor Committee, is trying to uh, save that $600 million by switching us to a Medicare Advantage plan, which is subsidized by the federal government instead of by New York City. And, and, and can you briefly summarize sort of how uh, one group within the UFT has uh, maintained power over the union uh, for more than 60 years now, both power over the retirees chapter, but the rest of the union as well? Right. So inside the union, there's um, there's caucus politics, right? There's a, there are factions within the union called caucuses and the um, faction. And, and this was even true at the inception of the union. I mean, when when the United Federation of Teacher, you know, United Federation of Teachers coalesced, you know, back in the early 60s um, from a bunch of you know, teachers associations, uh, you know, the faction that sort of came out on top, and I'm 
there are other people, other historians, you know, the details of this better than me, but the Unity Caucus was the faction that came out on top, and they have consolidated their power ever since the 1960s, and uh, to the point where right now in our union, um, they control what has amounted to a gigantic uh, patronage machine, where if where it's 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 sort of like a one one party system and with a few show parties, you know, allowed on the side, and um, uh, they control the jobs at the union and the price for getting those jobs is to um, go along with whatever the party line of the unity caucus is. And so that's how they maintain, that's how they maintain their power would, by giving out patronage per- perks and positions. Right. So the current retirees chapter has been marching in lockstep with the leadership on, on Medicare advantage. Well, they have because, well, well, no, the rank and file of, <laughs> The retired teachers chapter is completely up in arms against it. They're, we're, we're, we're on fire raging against it. I mean, not just me, not, not just me, not the, 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 the vast majority of them, but the delegates, but the people, but the delegates and the chap, the current chapter leader of the retired teachers chapter. Yes, is in lockstep with, uh, wanting to get rid of our health care and that that has got to change that is so uh just like anti-union values and uh, yeah you know anti-everything so that's what we're trying to change and, and can you briefly summarize sort of how uh one group within the uft has uh maintained power over the union uh for more than 60 years now of power over the retirees chapter but the rest of the union as well Right. So inside the union, there's, um, there's caucus politics, right? There's, a, there are factions within the union called caucuses. And the, um, faction, and, and this was even true at the inception of the union. I mean, when, when the United Federation of Teacher was, you know, United Federation of Teachers coalesced, you know, back in the early sixties, um, from a bunch of, you know, teachers associations, uh, you know, the faction that sort of came out on top. And I, there are other people, other historians know the details of this better than me, but the unity caucus was the faction that came out on top and they have consolidated their power ever since the 1960s. And, uh, to the point where right now in our union, um, they control what has amounted to a gigantic uh, patronage machine. Where if where it's 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 sort of like a one one party system and with a few show parties you know allowed on the side and um, uh, they control the jobs at the union and the price for getting those jobs is to um, go along with whatever the party line of the unity caucus is and so. That's how they maintain. That's how they maintain their power would, by giving out patronage per- perks and positions. Right. So the current retirees chapter has been marching in lockstep with the leadership on on Medicare Advantage. Well, they have because well, well, no, the rank and file of. The retired teachers chapter is completely up in arms against it. They're, we're, we're, we're on fire raging against it. I mean, not just me, not, not just me, not the, 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 the vast majority of them, but the delegates, but the people, but the delegates and the chap, the current chapter leader of the retired teachers chapter, yes, is in lockstep with, uh, wanting to get rid of our health care and that that has got to change that is so uh just like anti-union values and uh, yeah you know anti-everything so that's what we're trying to change that is small.
We just heard a little bit of Another Brick in the Wall, part one by Pink Floyd, and preceded by that um, was an interview with Bennett Fisher uh, of the United Federation for Teachers by the Independence, John Tarleton, our editor-in-chief and co-host who is not here today. I am Amba Gergarian, the associate editor of the Independent and uh, the host of the Indian News Hour, which you are listening to and airs every Tuesday night on WBAI from 5 to 6 p.m. We are happy to be here with you and have the honor to sort of be with you maybe as you're getting off work, hopefully, if you get off at five um, or while you're working or while you're at home or driving or, you know, picking your grandkid up from school or whatever it is. Um, and uh, we, you know, can only do this by being funded and we can only be funded by you. It's as simple as that. We are able to produce news about things like how, um, you know, national labor law uh, is being attacked right now. National labor law that's existed for almost 100 years in the United States under FDR was born, you know, under great strife of workers. Uh, and, you know, we have now today's workers talking with us on WBAI about how they're fighting that and also letting us know about the good stuff and the bad stuff, the things that we need to know about. So again, we're only able to do that to speak so freely, to speak without private interest, which is um, unfortunately, you know, very difficult to find spaces to be able to do that. So let's do keep those alive that um, allow us to do so. And I know I'm speaking relatively figuratively, um, uh, uh, or vaguely in some terms, but the terms of what I'm talking about are not vague at all. We're, we're financially in need at WBAI. And if you want to keep this, you know, um, institution of a project going strong, don't donate, but become a monthly donor, become a monthly donor in the, name of the independent it's called a wbai buddy if you donate for ten dollars or more per month uh you'll get special perks special listener perks as well as the tote bag and some other things and you can do so um again in the name of the independent news hour uh and uh, that shows that we have listeners that love us and also will help us be able to continue to be on the air so please do so by calling 212-209-2950 Again, that's 212-209-2950. Or go online to give the number 2WBAI.org. That's give the number 2WBAI.org. We appreciate whatever you can give. We really need the support. And uh, if you're thinking about doing it next time, maybe now is the time. Maybe tonight's the night. Give what you can. Once a reoccurring, one more time, I'll give you that phone number. It is 212 212- Two zero nine two nine five zero. That's two one two two zero nine two nine five zero. Or give numeral two wbai dot org, where you can just pull out the plastic and type it in. That's give number two wbai dot org to support this radio station and uh, keep the bills paid. Keep us on the air. Thank you so much. Uh, for, for joining us again for the Independent News Hour on WBAI Tuesdays from 5 to 6. And now we are going to turn to our last segment. We will be joined, or we are joined, by uh, Tammy Gold, who is the Professor of Film and Media Studies at CUNY's Hunter College. I mean, she's going to tell us about an ongoing film series, um, the, the Palestine film series there at Hunter College that she's organized um, some hurdles it took to get there uh, and what we have on the horizon. So, Tammy Gold, welcome to WBAI. Hi. It's uh, um, it's yeah. I'm here to tell everybody that they can't keep us quiet. <laughs> Go right we into censored. it. We were censored um in November 2023. We had a film schedule to show Israelism, and it's about young um Jewish Americans coming to terms with Zionism, and really about their change and understanding occupation and what occupation means and what it means for Palestinians, what it means for the struggle against occupation internationally. And um, 
So we had that planned. It was planned. We had unbelievable amount of people RSVPing. And then a whole bunch of things happened with the result that on the day of the screening, the president of Hunter College and acting president, um, not acting very well, canceled the show, canceled everything. Unilaterally, she made the decision. Acting president made the decision to cancel. So we organized after that. Eventually, the film was screened, but it was the president who screened it, the president who said that I could not moderate, and she brought in a rabbi to moderate the event. We were no longer co-sponsoring the event. However, the film was shown, and we, a group of faculty, many departments, English, sociology, film and media, women and gender studies, the Arabic program, the list goes on. We have come together and we have right now an exciting Palestine film series. And I encourage everyone to come. Next week, we are showing a fabulous documentary. And we are showing it February 27th. That's a Tuesday at 6 p.m. at Hunter College. And again, that's Tuesday, February 27, 6 p.m. And come through 68, 69th Street between Lexington and Park. It's open to the public. It's free. We will have an important dialogue afterwards because it's important we talk about what's happening in Palestine. When did it begin? Is it about October 7th? What is it really about? So we're going to deconstruct in the discussion post-screening um, what's really happening. The film we're showing is Arna's Children, and it's a film about the Janine Freedom Theater. And the Janine Freedom Theater is a theater group that was created in, in the West Bank, and it was to educate, to... Have creative, um, places for young Palestinians to go, to learn. And, um, one of the things that's fascinating is that with the slaughter that's going on in Gaza and in the West Bank, the Janine Freedom Theater was, um, was attacked by Israel mm-hmm. forces. And, um, and two of the people from the theater, directors whose names I don't know, but we could find that out. Um, obviously we should know that before the screening, they were arrested. And so the screening of this film couldn't come at a better time. We need to know about the freedom theater. So I invite all your listeners and all your, the people who tune in to the, your, your, I guess, webcast, um, to come. And my name is Tammy Gold. Uh, my address, email address is Tammy Gold at mindspring.com. Tammy, T-A-M-I, Gold, G-O-L-D, at mindspring.com. I will send you the poster so that you could um, RSVP on the QR codes so, yeah, they can't stop us. They can't censor us. Academic freedom is alive and well, and we will absolutely stand up for that. Right. So you had um, the acting president, Ann Kirshner, sort of cancel you and then completely uncancel you on her terms, um, you know, and and now you're, you come back in force. And, and as you said, you have so many departments with you. You have the Africana, Puerto Rican and Latino Studies, Anti-Racism Committee, Arabic Studies Program, which I believe was not allowed to be a part of the last one, you know, on on uh, Kirshner's terms. So that's great. Um, and you can go again on Tuesday, February 27th, 6 p.m. Hunter College. That's free. That's for Arna's children. But, you know, um, Tammy, you uh, not only have been playing this great role with film studies and other departments at the university, uh, you also were a founding member of the chapter of Jewish Voice for Peace here in New York City, which I'm sure many of our listeners know is a great anti-Zionist Jewish uh, organization that does a, a lot of direct action. So tell us about um, uh, JVP's big march uh, on Thursday to APAC's office in Midtown. 
Um, and if there's another event on March 23rd, feel free to tell us about that as well. Um, so this Thursday, there's going to be a march. Everyone's meeting by um, the United Nations at 3 o'clock. We'll leave around 3.30, maybe a quarter after 3. So everyone should really hustle to get there on time. The objective is to really go to APAC during the day not to have it on a weekend, not to have it in the evening. We want to be present. So Bother them while they're there. Yes. And we also want to draw attention to the power of APAC, how they could absolutely be involved with some of the most reactionary forces in the United States, that it's not simply about what they're doing in supporting Israel and financing Zionist at this point, we have to call it for what it is, Zionist terror. And what APAC does is it supports real conservative forces in the United States so that even though there's a chain of money and of where people feel in government, where people feel in, in elected positions, that they can't go and oppose APAC. And yeah, yeah, see you. Okay. So everyone should just come Thursday, this week, energy, bring your chanting voice. We'll be there, 3 p.m., the United Nations. Thank you. Well, you're making me want to go. I think I'm going to have to check my schedule, and I'm not even just saying that. <laughs> Tammy Gold, thank you so much, Tammy Gold of, of, of Hunter College Film Department and of JVP. Thank you for joining us on the Independent News Hour. Thank you. Absolutely. So that does it for today's show. Thanks to my co-host, John Tarleton, to the Indies Lane Dibbler, and to our board operator, Reggie Johnson. We are going to listen to uh, just one of my favorite songs, which is Amy Winehouse's Wake Up Alone. And this is her original recording, so it's a little bit slower. As always, RIP, Amy, we miss you. It's okay in the day. I'll stay busy. So I don't have to wonder where is he Got so sick of crying So just lately 